damn, you don't get no fucking like long existing customer discount. Like, yo, I get charging the new people 60, but damn, I've been here. Yeah, I've been here for a couple years. Yeah, man. Damn. Yeah. Y'all just gonna gonna hike up the price on me. Damn, 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 damn. I can't get no type of discount. Damn. The game is the game. The game is the game. (laughs) So we are, this is, of course, the Real Deal Podcast, the Wire Remix. I'm here, as always, with one Robert Sapp. You. Yeah, as happy Father's Day to everybody out there, to all the fathers. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Without question. on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, as we were discussing my first haircut in three and a half months, and the, the increased tax that was on that haircut, <laughs> to, say, uh-huh. to, to say the least, you know, I felt like one of the characters on the wire, right now, to getting taxed. Um, we're here. With a red top. Yeah, for, <laughs> for red. Plus half. <laughs> what? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> season five the price of brick just went up yeah but um Oof. we are here it's uh, <laughs> my soul season one episode 13 titled sentencing this episode of course was directed by tim van patten anybody know anything about tim van patten he is one of the best episodic television directors in the business he's directed episodes um on uh game of thrones He's done Sopranos episodes. Um, so when you see a Tim Van Patten episode. Warwalk Empire. He was Warwalk, yes, Warwalk Empire. Yes, absolutely. I don't know how I left that After out. the Sopranos. Yeah, yep. So he's done a number of things with HBO. Of course, from the famous family of the Van Patten. Um, big time director, to say at least. That's a lot. That's a, his episodes normally are a lot of the heavy action episodes. So this actually wasn't a heavy action, per se. But so normally his Warwalk Empire surprise episodes were some of the famous, famous action scenes from those particular um, shows. So he does the episode. This episode was ranked seventh all time by Vulture, by Vulture. So seventh all time. This was the highest ranked first season episode um, all time in, in terms of where that, where that magazine had the Wire, Wire episodes. Uh, the epigraph, of course, is all in the game a traditional West Baltimore saying, which was, of course, repeated at the end of the episode by one Omar Little. Um, You see this episode, um, and we'll get into the awards and things of that nature, but, you know, as usual, they're right on the money as far as uh, the title, sentencing. And, you know, we think think about, it wasn't just sentencing, of course, for the criminals, but it was sentencing, sentencing for many of our characters in terms of their actions, either going in a, uh, either paying off in a good way for them or in a negative way for them. So there were a number of characters who were, who had their own form of sentencing uh, at the behest of the institutions and the uh, drug, and as well as of course the drug, the drug business. Um, beginning the scene, <clears throat> beginning the opening scene, we see Kima, Bunk, and Cole uh, in the hospital. Kima has just has just woken up. Um, has just woken up. They want her to identify both Weebe and Little Man. She has, she's able to identify Little Man easily, but of course Weebe, she says she didn't see because it was dark. She uh, it was of course it was at night, 
and he didn't come as like Weebay, uh little man uh, apparently came inside the car or near or inside or near the or closer to the car than Weebay did. So she didn't see Weebay and she refuses to identify Weebay as the second shooter, despite the fact that Bunk, you know, hits her with the with you know with the heavy thumb or the heavy finger and, and points at Weebay. Of course she knows who Weebay is. And he tells Bo, she tells Bo she knows who Weebay is, but she refuses to identify him and says, uh, I have it right here. Sometimes things got to play, got to play hard. Uh, your thoughts on this opening scene? Um, the, yeah, nah, the open, I mean, the opening scene was, was a monster. Um, uh, it, it identifies a lot of what the wire is about, but, um, you know, uh Kima Kima I, I, I think like I said like a couple episodes ago that her character was cemented when when um she was having that conversation I think with McNulty. But um this was actually a much more impactful conversation and, and really defined like who her character who she is as a character and the character that the character that her character has. Um, you know, like, like, uh, uh, she's just, she's not willing to, to compromise for any reason, even, and the, I think the reason why this was more impactful than the other one that I was talking about was, um, you know, this had implications for her. Yeah. So, um, she's not willing to compromise even when the decision could impact her negatively. And that's that's moral. That's like that's the definition of morality. That's that's how you know you have a moral person slash a moral character because she's willing to do what's right even when it can negatively impact her, um, or what she believes is right, um, which is which I think sets her apart for pretty much every character on the wire, um, which which is yeah yeah. So anyway, so I mean, all praises to to Sonya Saw on this intro and this intro just kind of like defines um what the wire is about and completely cements um uh king's character yeah um yeah she this was a decision that definitely you know could have impacted was going to impact her um to your point but also in in kima and bunk you have probably the two characters who are not going to probably least likely to play any type of games as far as going past policing as far as bending i don't know about bunk but okay yeah, I, I mean i put i mean i put keem is on her own level but bunk i think bunk, yeah, bunk, bunk, bunk bunk is going to do, yeah. do he's right on, he's right a notch below he's a yeah. notch below. but bunk is only going to go so far right like even even with even in that scene Bulk is trying to put a criminal in jail. Like he's, yeah. like he, he is trying to put a criminal in jail. So he's not. It's not a selfish act. It is for the the better. It is for the better part of doing something the right way, of doing something right. Well, I, I think that's the, the point, right, right? Like, I mean, they're all trying to put criminals in jail. Like, that's not anything different than any other police out there. The the what she's at least what I took away from sometimes it's got to play hard. Is that um. No shortcuts, no easy yeah, way. Yeah, you yeah. know, even in putting somebody who absolutely one hundred percent deserves to go to jail for the rest of their lives or worse, 
Um, absolutely. But still, she's not going to compromise her character no. for that. No. Um, but I, I hear your point. Bunk, Bunk is, Bunk is, I think the thing we love about Bunk, or I'll at least speak for myself, the thing I love about Bunk is just that he's a regular person. Like, all of us are not perfect by any stretch of imagination and make tons of mistakes. I mean, we say that all the time, but all of us have questionable morality (laughs) depending upon what the circumstance is Um, and and can justify our ways into a variety of different situations. And that doesn't make Bunk a bad person. It just makes him human, Um, a human character, which you know, is can be hard to find sometimes in television. So I think like in terms of the mistakes Bunks makes, Bunks makes the most relatable mistakes. Yes. What Kima did is much harder for us to comprehend. It's ideal. We would love to strive towards something like that, but it's much, much more difficult to execute um, in your own personal life. Uh, because there's no there's no glory in that. There's no feel good in that. It's just it's just doing something that you feel is right, even when the outcome is probably going to be pretty shitty. Um, you know, there's there's no glory in that. Uh, Bunk does like solving cases and likes the glory that goes along with that. Um, but again, he's a human. He's very human. He's just very very human, which which I appreciate about him. Yeah. Overall, you know, these are two characters that both have, <clears throat> these are two characters that, for the most part, uh, play it straight. Um, Hurt, Carver are arresting Barksdale soldiers. You see, uh, including Ronnie Moe, um, you see the Barksdale em- empire crumbling uh, from with, not from, yeah, basically from in terms of their soldiers. And, and what have you inside there. So the arrests are coming from the pit. Uh, Herc is on the phone with, uh, is on the phone letting, um, you know, I think letting Daniels or letting somebody back at the, uh, the detail know who's, who's going, you know, who's arrested, who he has. Uh, again, I mentioned Ronnie Moe was um, one of the, uh, one of the people that he, uh, that he took in. And um, you see that going on. And at the same time, the detail, you have Freeman, McNulty, and Daniels, and Perez um, in the detail. They are discussing the next steps of the case. Freeman, um, McNulty suggested that, he, that they take the case deep, that they take the case uh, federal without, of course, and this is classic McNulty, without, of course, letting anybody above them know um, <laughs> know that they're going to go go federal with it because at this point um the case is supposed to be wrapped up at this point so the case is supposed to be wrapped up um there's no way that they even should be even making an attempt to take this case federal um so at the end of the scene before um they get the call about d'angelo boxdale you see daniel say mcnulty a piece of work uh, as again, McNulty being typical McNulty, you know, McNulty, McNulty being McNulty, yep. as a uh, wants to, you know, tries to wants to uh, take the case federal, and suggests that they take the case federal without letting the powers that be 
uh, know about it. Um, again, they, uh, yes, and they get the call, of course, about D'Angelo Barksdale, who has, uh, who has cut ties at, the, at this point with Levy as a public defender and the fact that he's in uh, North, Jer North Jersey. Um, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on this scene? Yeah, I mean, I think primarily we're supposed to get the McNulty being McNulty and um, how the legs of the case are pushing people to get into that kind of like in that mindset. Um, it's setting us up for something that's ha going to happen in the episode. But this is a setup for that. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this scene had a, like, it was um, multiple setups with this particular scene in terms of what's going to have to transpire in the episode in regards to not only D'Angelo Barksdale, but of course, in regards to uh, the fate of one uh, of McNulty. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I remember when I watched this the first, for the first time, um, and you know, we were just used to TV at that time. So in my head, I'm like, ooh, everybody's going down. They're going to get them all. Like, all this is going to work out the best for the cops, right? right? So that's what I mean by the setup. I'll, I'll elaborate, of course, more when we get to it in there. But um, your expectation as a viewer is that everything is going to work out for the cops. And this is feeding into that expectation. Yeah, yeah. So you have uh, Stringer. Avon Stringer and Levy, they're in the uh, parking lot, in the parking lot garage. Avon's just gotten out um, for now. Um, and Levy's advising them to, to bail out some of the a lot of people that got locked up. Avon is kind of reluctant to show that type of money. But Levy says, you know, you risk, if you don't, you risk making enemies out of them. Stringer's on board too. In terms of bailing out, bailing out the people's out of uh, getting those people's out uh, out of jail that have been locked up, so they agree on they agree on that. Um, then you also have them discuss again discussing their next moves in terms of the direction of the uh, of the organization. Levy presses um, sort of kind of presses uh, Avon about D'Angelo and. And, and you know where his head is at, and and of course Avon is going to defend D'Angelo. Say, hey, he's family. He'll be all right. He, you know, he'll be fine. He's family. So they're discuss again. They're discussing. They are discussing their next moves in regards to uh, where the uh, organization is going to uh, going to go, and also about. And we saw last episode about them moving out. Of their of their office and moving into another uh, uh, another spot, um, Levy Stringer says, you know, um, no talk on. They they basically were discussing. Avon was telling Levy that we didn't talk on the phone. Uh, they made that they were able to uh, deduce that they that it was a wiretap that that was too way too many people getting arrested for just one informant or one snitch, and so they Levy's made out. Levy has kind of figured has figured out that that was a wiretap, and Stringer, of course, is concerned that you know. Stringer is, of course, concerned about the office, saying you know we was talking all kinds of shit up in that office, Avon's office in the club, 
So again, this is more, this is again, this is more, this is a scene more about what is the next steps for the Barksdale uh, organization uh, for them moving forward. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like when, when I was watching the scene, I think like I was impressed by like the strategy session. Like I remember it like in past viewings, but I paid more attention to it this time. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. I just really appreciated how they were breaking everything, how they were breaking everything down. And once they kind of like, once the police had kind of like made all of their moves, um, then they were able to then assess where everything was out. And even without, you know, all the information that us as the viewers have, they can start putting pieces together, um, which I, I think that's the part that I really appreciate it. Just kind of like watching them without the knowledge that we have, be able to, to kind of like put together what was going on in terms of the cost and then what, what are the, the next best moves. I mean, I think the thing that I love the most about like things like this is like, I am a organized crime connoisseur. Like I love this shit. I love reading about it. I love studying it, the history of it, everything like that. And so the strategy that Levy outlines in order to lessen the impact on the top guy is, is a strategy that's been tested out over a period of time yes. um, with a lot of different criminal organizations. Um, so it, it was, it just, it, it, this, I will have more to say on this when we get to that interaction between the cops and the, uh, the FBI or whoever it was, Homeland Security. Um, but it's another way in which this show, in terms of just going about a normal course, shows the criminal intelligence of all types of people, for lack of a better way of saying that. Um, so yeah, I just I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, again, we 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 knew this going in to this episode, and we've seen it over the course of the season, particularly the last handful of episodes of how vital Levy is to the organization. Like he is, you know, he's a major player within their organization and they trust and they, they trust him. Like they absolutely follow some, like when, when he was making suggestions to take out who to take out in, in the episode that Wallace was killed, well, last episode that was, or a couple, yeah, it was last episode when Wallace was killed. Um, he was saying, hey, this person needs to go you need to, you know, you need to, it was, it was time to, you know, to make moves in terms of that, cutting ties with anything that can connect you, that can do uh, harm to you. So he is as cutthroat as them when it comes to this. Uh, he just happens to have a law degree. Um, but uh, again, this continues to show how vital he is to their, uh, you know, to their organization and how much respect they, uh, have uh half of his expert his line of expertise beyond just being a lawyer um bunk uh yeah bunk mcnulty all the, are in the office they're right they're about to go to jersey to go to jersey with Perlman to see d'angelo um they're discussing kima um before that though then you have bunk basically basically you know giving McNulty an earful for not going to see Kima. Um, 
yeah, the kid has been in the hospital this entire time. He has yet to go, he has yet to visit her up until this point. And he promises Bump as soon as when they get back um, from Jersey that he will uh, go see her. Uh, quick scene, but what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, this is a setup for McNulty and Kima scene. Right, yep, yeah. Um, Avon, Stringer, Brianna, uh, Barksdale. Of course, she was introduced last episode uh, for the first time, uh, D'Angelo's mother. They are they are in the they are in the, the funeral home, which is going to be their new location. Um, very careful about speaking inside of the funeral home. Stringer checks Avon about speaking. Brianna, uh, then they check. Then both of them check uh, Brianna about speaking indoors. So um, they've changed that up as far as as far as how they're going to go about doing business when they get outside, they really don't start going, they really don't start discussing business until they got out, until they get outside. And then they basically say, this is going to be the next, the headquarters moving forward to take the count in terms of taking the count. Um, Stringer and Brianna both encourage Avon to kind of take a step back. Um, despite the fact that he just got released, he's the, he's the back off a little bit to be, you know, more some low profile until things kind of, um, you know, until uh, things kind of smoothed out, um, Stringer is going to, you know, be work, dealing with the product, and uh, Brianna is going to be dealing with the money. And then she mentions that um, she challenges Avon, basically saying that you're going to make up for uh, what you did to D'Angelo, uh, as Avon admits to the fact that, you know, apologize, apologize to uh, D'Angelo, or to, through her, saying that, you know, I, I know. I'm telling him I'm sorry for putting him out there and I'll make it up to him. And that's when she says most deaf, which is a phrase that we have seen D'Angelo use over the course of this, uh, of the course of this season. And you have, you know, Stringer, you have Stringer saying, you know, I will take care of the product. And then Avon basically saying he wants the smoker. He wants to be a, you want to tell Roberto, which is his drug connect from New York that, he wants he wants to be a, a strong product coming back because at this point you have to, what you have to understand that they haven't lost control of the towers, but they are at a crossroads in in terms of their control of the streets and including the towers. They don't have a product right now, so they are you know they're barely holding on at this point. So uh, Avon. Again, tell Stringer that you know, tell him to get to the drug connect that he wants the strong, he wants a strong product so that they can maintain those towers and maintain the reputation as a preeminent drug organization. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I, I have more thoughts honestly listening to you talk than I had during the during the, the actual scene. So I'll, I'll just go like the actual scene was good because. Uh, the woman who played Brianna was very, very good. Yeah. Um, so uh, the scene is good. She executes it well in terms of being a viable second member of the crew that allows the plan to, to, to work, to kind of like not work itself out, but, but to be something that Avon can actually hear. Um, I think it is, I think at another point in time, we I, I think there's a lot to go in on Stringer way before we get 
to anything else. Um, because Stringer's motivations are huge here. Um, and it, it's, it plays differently depending upon what you feel like his motivations are. And to be honest with you, like that's just a thought process that I go down, but I, do, I haven't like really, really flushed it out. Um, and so uh, I say that to say um, my, the way that I took how, what Stringer's motivations were here is that, um, is that this is the next step in his power play. And a big part of the power play is that he needs Avon viable because Avon's name is what carries weight. Not Stringer's name, Avon's name is what carries weight. Um, so he needs Avon to be viable in terms of be a name, but uh, there's nothing wrong with Avon taking a timeout um, in terms of all the different things. And so the main thing that gets to Avon or the messaging is we got to protect you, but is it really protecting him or is it strengthening uh, stringer's power base that's my wonder yeah it's a good it's a, it's a good wonder i've been thinking about like your theory about the stringer wanting uh that top spot um i don't all, i don't all the way agree with it but i can see where you're coming from with it um the one thing i the one thing about it, even thinking of even thinking way ahead I was going to say, what I was going to absolutely admit is I'm not just taking in the data from this season. I, right, I will 1,000% right. yes, yes. admit yes. that. Um, so, yeah. So, I, 1, yeah, 000, yeah. I hear you. I hear even, you. Even thinking way ahead, I don't think that I, – I, I think that um, – I, I don't think that he wanted that complete number one spot. But I do – there is something to – him wanting to be a bigger, wanting a bigger role, if that's possible, because he's Avon's number two, but wanting right. to be bigger. There's only not. one more role, homie. There is only one more role. No, no, <laughs> if, you I wanna, if you're the number two and you want a bigger role, there's only one more. No, there's, no, there's only one more role, but yeah, I, man. Yep, yep. I think, yeah, I, I, I think that, I, the reason why I, I, the reason why I didn't buy into it all the way, I buy into it some of it. You got you you almost have me about you you got me you're, you're almost convincing me. But the reason why I didn't all the way good buy into it because if I'm Avon, right? Okay, I can go without Savino. I don't like D'Angelo anyway. Um, nah, if you're Avon, you love D'Angelo. No, no, no. I'm talking no, Nash. I'm talking Stringer. No, Stringer. Okay. Because you said I'm, I'm talking about Stringer. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. I don't. I don't fuck with D'Angelo anyway. Savino, right. I can sacrifice him. He's going to jail. Um, Bodie's my dude, but ideally, ideally, if I wanted to be Deke number one, I will. I would have wanted. Uh, Weebay as my number two, and he his actions sacrificed Weebay. So that's why that's that's my pushback to him in that 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 spot because I 
I got to have something moving forward if I'm going to be number one. Like, you're not going to – it's like I'm not going to coach this version of Golden State that we saw this year. So you got to give me some all-stars somewhere. I, I can't – I'm not coaching a bunch of G League players. And, and like, Steve Carroll did it. But here, here's the, here's he the point. He here, here's the – here's – not even here's the point. Here's my, my ask of you. I can go into this. Do you want to go into this now or do you want to just keep on – plugging through the episode so i can go in i got a lot i got no, a lot let's go, no let's go through the episode okay all let's right episode. fair enough um so yeah you had them discussing that's what uh, i say I, that's why i said originally like a episode on stringer i could could do two hours just talking yeah, about no it. no it is it's, it's a it lot would, yeah without breaking the sweat it's a lot on stringer. Um, um, yeah. yeah the uh getting back to d'angelo's mother Again, similar to Levy, we just see how much we see her role as being a major part of this organization as well. Like if you're dealing, if you're controlling the money, or you're dealing with the money, then you're a big part of what of what they're doing. So, and they kind of gave us they they kind of gave us some breadcrumbs on that last episode when she said when we didn't even know her role, but when she mentioned in that discussion with Avon. Um, why don't you, you ever heard of a trap car? So I was like, hmm, so she, so it's not just, even though you, we, you kind of, we, you agreed that that was an emotional mother looking out for a child, but she still, there was still some strategy to what she said in her retort to Ava. Yeah. So we find out this episode, she's, she's in the game too. And she, you know, it will, now, now will be completely flushed out, uh, by the end of, by the end of the, this episode in terms of how much, uh, how far she's, um, uh, in the game, in terms of how when she just talks to uh, D'Angelo, so she, um, yeah, she's a big. It's a very interesting dynamic between those three, which will certainly there'll be more to come with it in terms of that. Um, yeah, D'Angelo, his uh, new lawyer, Unc McNulty Perlman. Um, his new lawyer is a public was a public defender by the way. Uh, so they're discussing, um, obviously, the case. They want um, D'Angelo to completely, of course, the course uh, to flip. And they recognize that the fact that D'Angelo has, you know, up until, uh, right, uh, fired Levy, they feel like that they have an opening to come at him in regards to, you know, they seem like, okay, it might be, it's, it's some, um, he's not happy. And they, and of course they're right. The end, they showed D'Angelo a number of pictures of the victims, uh, Orlando, of course, Wallace, the security guard, uh, Avon's girlfriend, or his girl that, you know, that was gonna snitch on him. So they show, show all those pictures. The public defender, of course, is horrified. She's like, you know, she is her, She's completely taken back by the amount of violence and, and some of the deeds that you know the, the Barksdales have done. And basically, you know, D'Angelo is discussing, you know, his family history. Like, this is what we do. Um, I grew up in this shit. My um, grandfather was Butch Stanford, which, by the way, is, De'Ang- is uh, Avon Barksdale's father. Um, so he... Uh, wants complete he wants he wants to be out 
he was he was he was out of the game. And there was a point that at that point he is completely willing to just tear down the whole organization. Uh, he's tear down the whole organization in order to be free. And um, they get a lot out of him uh, in regards to um, he gives them he gives them WeeBay. He, you know, they discussed the murder in terms of uh, the DJ, not DJ, yeah, DJ Crescent, they, in terms of how, you know, he was set up by them. He didn't know that they were going to kill him, kill her. Um, very, uh, a lot going on in the scene. Uh, Larry, Larry Gilliard, who plays the Angela Barcel, was spectacular in this scene, as he has been all season long uh, with his performance. Uh, what were your thoughts? I'm going to say the majority of my thoughts because I'm going to tie this scene and another one together until the end. But what I will say is I 100% concur with you. Excellent scene. Excellent job by, um, by D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, and he says, um, what do you say? I have, I, have, I have a quote right here. He says, when I was courtside for eight months, I was freer in jail than I ever was on the outside. The thing that I, the line I love, and I mean, you got to give it up to the writers and everybody else, of course. The line that I loved in this, to piggyback off of that, was when he was like, you know, like, I, I've been, we've been in this so long, you just can't, I can't breathe. I feel like I can't breathe. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's premonition. It's everything. It's fucking everything. Yeah, no, it's a tremendous scene. Um, next, we have Daniels and his wife with uh, Marla. They're discussing the case, and through that conversation, she realizes that he is not going to play ball moving forward, and she realizes at that point that he has uh, basically crossed Burrell, and when he like when that revelation comes about, the look on her face was priceless. Because that, that was a look of, you know you just fucked up. Like your political career. That was a look of your political career for right now, for the immediate future, is it's a wrap. So that was that look uh, as he's discussing the case with her. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll be real quick on it. I mean, like, they're, they're obviously going in two different directions. She's very much a politician and thinking like a politician. And like I said, he made his mission statement last, uh, last week where he was going to play it by the book, just 100% and damn everything else and damn everybody else. So, so he made his, his, his kind of uh, 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 statement that he was no longer going to play politics. He was going to work the case how he saw work in the case. Um, and she's a politician. So that, that look, you're absolutely right about it. That also says, this is, this is a wrap. <laughs> this is a wrap. We're not, we're not even remotely thinking on the same page about things. Yeah. Th yeah. They, so to your point, uh, yeah, this foreshadowed their, their split. Is that I feel, yeah. This, this I, mean, is, I mean, like, this isn't like, I mean, they're literally sleeping in different beds. He sleeps on a bench when it's like, you know, like, so, so there is not really a functioning relationship, but if there was a nail in the coffin, this was the this nail was, in the coffin. No question. Um, yeah, McNulty and Perlman. So they have just gotten out of the, uh, of course, the interrogation if you were, uh, with, uh, or the conversation with D'Angelo. 
in the parking lot garage. And um, Pearlman, of course, is just, you know, she's, you know, she's in heaven right now. In terms career of, case. Is a career, you know, career case. Yep. Uh, the stories, the everything with that, D'Angelo, everything with the family and all that. She's, and, you know, this is she, a career case. Yeah. It's a career case. Mm-hmm. And she, this leads her to, uh, she leads her to, abs- to having sex with McNulty in the parking lot garage. But by the way, it had nothing to do with McNulty. It was just, it was, a, it was about the case. It had nothing to do with her wanting him again. It was just the case. She was just, you know, excited about the case and turned on, basically turned on by the case. She was, she, she was having sex with the case as much as she was having sex with McNulty. That makes sense. Go ahead. No, I don't got anything to add. It's, it's, yep. Seems to for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, before, I guess, uh, one last thing about that, before they were about to have sex with Nolte, um, which is something rare, we rarely see this, or I, I can't remember, it, uh, was about to apologize, so. Um, but before that, even before you can get the words out of his mouth, you know, they get to, they start having sex, so uh, that's that last part of that. Um, Freeman Bunk. And one of Freeman's old partners from the pawn shop, Roy Brown, uh, who, had, who was working for a phone company, they, um, they go to him wanting a, a trap and trace to get a, to get a line on WeeBay's address. Of course, we know WeeBay's in Philly. Uh, D'Angelo dropped him off there. Um, at first, um, the guy said that it was going to take a couple of weeks and, you know, a lot of paperwork, red tape, the normal stuff, things of that nature for something like that to, to happen. But then, of course, Freeman tells him that this, you know, this is the guy who was responsible for shooting the cop and coming from an ex, from one current cop to an ex-cop, you can, the guy completely changes his mind, of course, and they get the information, they end up getting the information on, uh, on WeeBay. Your thoughts on this scene? Uh, I mean, like I, I, it's 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 definitely more set up for, um, it's it's having our expectations be um the that they're going to get leave not leave get um WeeBay, uh, and that that will be that will be another big piece of information that D'Angelo has, has given them. Yes. It's all setting up for something. This is all setting up for the, for, for what, what we're going to get at the end. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, McNulty, Agent Fitz, uh, discussed the, uh, Barksdale case. And he, of course, McNulty, again, McNulty, is one wants to go federal with with this case so his whole objective is trying to set up a meeting with the feds and to you know to, to um for them to go for the case to go federal he convinces fitz who gave him the information on uh daniels earlier in the season that daniels was crooked was dirty he convinces fitz that daniels is you know playing it straight or that daniels has been, has been not playing it straight but has been committed to this case that you know you'll have no problems with him and Fitz decides to um he convinces Fitz to set up the meeting uh with the uh feds which we'll see play out uh any thoughts on this scene 
I'll pair it with when we get to the feds. Okay. Yeah, it's, it was a setup. I see. It was a setup yeah. anyway. So you have Stringer and the drug carrier who brings a temporary package from New York and uh, Roberto from New York. So Stringer, this is this happens. This transpires in the uh, print shop. The guy walks in, um, suit and tie. Yeah, we're, uh, gonna, we're gonna have to do this. I can't. I can't hold back on this. So go ahead. Right. <laughs> we're gonna have to do this. So the dude, the guy walks yep. in. Um, now, yeah, I, yeah. So the guy walks no. in with break down the scene. Break down the scene. A temporary package. Um, now, and I'll ask you. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss this. With you, you break it. Break down the scene, and then you 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 can respond to what I say after that. But so I, 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 yeah, so the guy walks I, was, in. I have very specific thoughts as the nah, scene goes. I, I just had a couple of thoughts that just uh-huh. break it down. Just break it down, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So the guy walks in um, with the, you know, with the drugs. Um, this is a temporary package in order to get the towers back up. We discussed that earlier, uh, where they were, where they stood at in regards to not having a product, not having a product out there. Stringer talks to the talks to the guy. Did you have any problems? And the guy says no. Everything was copacetic. And in this course, he's in the print shop. The guy walks out. Stringer then gives the orders, you know, saying that it's not street ready yet, but still put it out. You know, still put it out there where uh, he was giving specific orders in terms of how to how to mix chemicals and what have you, and, to, and make and, and put it out there. He said, put it out there that we're back up. We're back up now. Initially, I thought that this was Roberto, but mm-hmm. then when I was like, "No, this is this was this was all Stringer. This was not Roberto. Mm-hmm. This was not this was not the drug connect Avon's drug connect from New York. This is somebody that Stringer." Or I have an or. I have an or. I think I agree with you, but also I have an or. This is somebody who Stringer has connect has somehow connected to or somehow gotten paid off just to hold off. Uh, just to maintain the towers for however long until they get, you know, a major connector, what have you. But and again, initially, I thought it was I thought it was somebody from Roberto, but no, this is this was not that. Knowing what I know about the Roberto character, this was not that. They it wouldn't it wouldn't even make sense. Um, go ahead. So, um, just because we don't know enough about the Roberto character, I can't eliminate that this guy wasn't a person for Roberto, but that's neither here nor there because we're both we're both in the same the same space. Remember what Avon said to Stringer. He said the next package I want is a what? Smoker. He said it. Yeah. Smoker. Yeah. Was that a smoker that that Stringer was bringing in? No. No. Nope. Not no, even close to being a smoker. And not even on top of that, Stringer gave specific instructions of how he wanted it cut. So you got a guy, potentially not even Roberto's guy, coming into Stringer Bell's place of business. That's his place of business. That don't got nothing to do with Avon coming to his place of business, dropping off his package, which is giving him, which he's going to give specific instructions of how to cut so that they can announce that the towers are back open under his complete and total management. Yep. That is how he wants the drug game to run. It, at that time it will expand and we'll talk about that ad nauseum um in later episodes it will expand but that's how he run it run right now 
Um, and so that's, that's the fundamental basis of my argument for why I think Stringer wants the top spot because I don't think he likes the way Avon approaches the drug game anymore. And that's why I said I use a bunch of, of course, history um, that is coming up in that statement. But here's a very concrete example of that. Um, Avon was very, very clear. He said, I want those fiends falling out. That's how they're going to know our name is back because we got the best shit. Stringer didn't give a fuck about any of that. Did he go to Roberto? Maybe. And maybe that was Roberto's guy, but he definitely didn't go with the message that Avon said. Because when Avon, the way that they used Smoker before was in, contra- was, was in um, was when they were describing Joe's package, which is obviously the shit. So Smoker equals the shit, right? Yep. Um, and so obviously if he's cutting it up like that if it can't if it comes in in a certain time anyways blah, 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 yada 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 if it's, the point point, is, if it's a smoker yeah. it doesn't have to be cut up right, right 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 it's it not a smoker. i mean it does, it does but it none of that I'm, we're not even gonna get into street, all of that street ready, right dude. right exactly that's what he's his point street ready blah blah doesn't even matter the point being that stringer is now starting to operate differently from avon and i think this is what he's wanting and that's why I think he wants the number one spot. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, yeah, this was a you know blatant. This had, like I said, this this was all this was all stringer. Yep. This move right here. Um, you going? You go back to um, the move he made uh, with Orlando in the thirty thousand uh, dollars in cash. That that was him. That was all him. Like and Avon reprimand, reprimanded him for that, but that was still all him. Um, in terms of uh, making that move, and then you know you combine that to your point earlier in the season about the uh, business classes uh, that Avon, not Avon, that Stringer was taking. So, to your point, in, to, in your defense, you know you can make a case that Avon, that Stringer, w- was starting with as he's taking those classes, was starting to, to concoct his own f- philosophy in terms of how he wanted the structure or the business of the Barksdale organization to, to, uh, to run. Most definitely. Absolutely make that, that, um, that case. Now you can, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see, um, what transpires. Um, cause I, I definitely, I definitely have some stuff for season in terms of season two in terms or in, in terms of season two in regards to this, but I, I definitely see a, definitely this episode definitely, strengthens your case uh in regards to uh stringer moving separately from um from avon but and also but still maintaining needing that name that barksdale name uh to uh to maintain um here's what's cool about shows like this right like there's not one specific right answer because no, two things can be true. Or three things can be they true. Do, they do a very good job of making well-rounded characters. Right. That, as, like I said, humans, we are just contradictions all the time. That's just what we do all the time. We contradict ourselves. Um, and so your characters need to reflect that. And the Y does a great job of reflecting that, particularly based off the world that they're trying to build here. Um, you're not going to have a lot of uh, 
Akima's, for lack of a better, better, better circumstance. Akima's not an angel by any stretch of imagination, but in terms of her her clear morality, in terms of what is right and wrong in her in the the world of drugs and crime, her her stays above everybody else. Um, but in terms of like the the subject matter, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people that naturally have a lot of contradictions. And so what we thought about Stringer when this was originally going on or a couple years ago, or even what the what I'm noticing, and of course this comes with uh, age and experience of just knowing how shows are created and, and cultivated and produced and um, written and acted over a period of time, uh, is that, you know, what happens in the pilot is very different than what happens five years later. And your character grows a tremendous amount in that. And, and over years and after a series has grown, our knowledge of the characters can continue to grow. And then so what's very cool is to come in to a show like this with all of that knowledge to find new things you didn't recognize at the time. I'm sure what we're analyzing, thinking about now that was part of the conversation then. We're just, we're just, there was so much they gave us, we yeah. are just now coming to that, that yeah. part of it. And yeah. that's what's really cool about a shows like this. And then, and that's what also makes, makes The Wire one of the greatest shows, is that you can keep coming back to it and keep finding something new in there because it's so rich and so deep and so full of so much. Yeah, no question about it, because, you know, original, and we, I've watched this thing multiple times, to, like you, like yourself, this is something that you just, uh, something that I wouldn't have, just didn't see off, off, over multiple uh, views of it. Um, so you have McNulty, Daniels, uh, McNulty and Daniels with the feds, they're discussing the Barcel case. The feds have an interest um that goes beyond the bar sales. Like they if they want criminals, they want uh cartels or or mafia mafia. Yeah, here, time out this, for a second. Because let's this, let's let's break this down. Because McNulty's all the way in the wrong, per usual. Um and it wasn't, I mean, his reaction is all the way no, in the no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. This no, this is one of two meetings. This is the first meeting. So don't don't jump ahead to the second Okay. Meeting. Which one is this one? You're right. This is the, the, the second meeting is with the is mentioning Clay Davis. This this is the first this this one they're just talking about. They're basically saying that the bark sales are not big enough. Okay, all right. So so no no no. This this goes into the timeout. So um yeah so let's so I'll 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 say more about McNulty in that second meeting. Yes. But but the concept is that dead wrong. Um, that we can take this case federal and we will get the exact prosecution I want for my two targets. Right. That's what McNulty yeah. does. Yeah, he was off, yes. yes. He, doesn't, he, does, he doesn't want to take this case federal because of all the federal things that can sprout out of it. He wants Stringer and Avon nailed to a wall, period. And so what he's hearing from them is, and what the entire crew is hearing from them, is what the feds can actually bring to the table and who their actual stated targets are. Uh, police jurisdiction and what they're going after is, of course, very, very different from what the government is going after. 
and there's a larger statement that the show is is what? is making, which I'll I'll wait to the very no. end of it. But everything that they're saying, and also remember, this is a I mean, like what's a big, huge, huge memory for anybody who wasn't around. This is a post 9-11 world. This is happening in the direct yeah. aftermath of 9-11, where everybody's focus switched nationally because that's where the policies were going towards terrorism and people who look like terrorists and so um they're actually making a very reasonable and well articulated um argument about what their methodology and what their targets are the problem is the baltimore police department doesn't want to hear any of that because all they care about is their targets and that's i mean the bottom line is institutions don't serve individuals they serve themselves so that like <laughs> yes. that that you know mcnulty you know like you said mcnulty yeah. mcnulty we, he would have another moment so this was yeah. <laughs> this was this, this wasn't even and not even concentrating on mcnulty i just wanted like you if you remember the direct aftermath after 9-11 our everybody's mentality yeah, yeah, switched. Yeah, sure. it yeah. just it just switched towards terrorism yes um and so while i hear him and they're like i said a larger art wait no we're I'm blending the two anyways keep going so after it's this going. you have bodie and Pru. um bodie and Pru are fighting with local crews who are attempting to uh sell inside within the bar within the terrorists the pit this is an independent crew that's trying to sell their drugs bodie of course is not having it um just a couple guys with some bats along with poop and chases them off again we mentioned this earlier that the ter- that the barksdales were on shaky ground because they didn't have they don't have a product so they don't have a product to sell so you know and they have the best territory in the city so you know any so somebody on independence or some rival crews are going to feel like you know this um like they're going to be like sharks with seeing blood in the water um again this um this shows you about this. I thought this scene spoke more about the direction of Bodhi, even more than anything else. What were your thoughts? Um, I I I one hundred percent agree with the assessment of the Barksdale situation, and I think like this this definitely does a lot to to announce that. You're smart to keep your eye to keep pointing out, keep your eye on Bodie. The Bodie that you're talking about is not the Bodie we're looking at at this point in time. Um, but you're smart to keep pointing it out. Yeah. Because he's the best of the rest right now. Um, and that's what we're seeing. The 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 guys that continue have continued to get camera time on the Barksdale side after everybody after all the muscle has gone down are next up and they make a point of that and and you're pointing that out as well yeah the show makes a point of showing that yeah it, 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 it will pay off later on in the episode as well yeah uh, with those two characters yeah but uh, as so, we know next up is not a good thing at all nah, yeah no nah. and that's that's the overarch anyway well, yeah. I, yeah, we so, got so I, I almost left this point <laughs> That's yeah. so much to say. I almost left this part out. So Carver is watching this, and Carver and Hark Herc are in the car. They're basically watching this from afar. Not from afar, but close enough. 
Carver says, they fuck up, they get beat. We fuck up, they give us pitches. So that's that's how that scene wrapped up. Yeah, he starts it off by saying, and see, this is why we can't win. Why we, yes, this is why we can't. This, this, what do you say? This is why we can't. This is why we can't win. Okay, this is why we can't win, right? Yep. Or uh, this is why we won't win. Yeah. So now you're moving on back to the hot to the hospital. We have McNulty finally coming up to visit Kima. It's McNulty, Kima, and Cheryl. Um, as soon as McNulty and Kima start discussing police business, Cheryl immediately leaves the room and says, fuck both of y'all. Um, Kima tells McNulty she wants her, of course, she wants her to, to quit police work altogether. Says it's not worth it. And then uh, she asked, um, she asked, well, before that, Kima gets on McNulty about not visiting her. Well, maybe no, maybe no, All right, that was afterwards. So Kima asked McNulty, what do you think? And McNulty says, you know, you know she's, she basically says that she was, she's right. Um, and then Kima uh, gets on her, gets on McNulty about not visiting her sooner. No car, cars, flowers, nothing like that. Uh, then McNulty gets into his, you know, his guilt. Um, Basically saying that it's always, you know, a black cop like yourself or Signer that or Carver or somebody like that that goes undercover. Um, so you feel feeling guilty from that standpoint. And um she uh basically makes fun of him for tearing up, uh, with you know, tearing up in the room. And uh I thought she had a great line in this and just shows you tells you about her character. She says Lord, if I could take back anything, he says, okay, he says, if I could take it back, I would, I would take it all back. She says, you know what, I would change, I would change, you know, taping that gun, taping the gun uh, closer, taping the, putting more tape on the gun so the gun wouldn't slid back uh, in the car seat when, of course, when she was in Orlando's car, uh, Orlando's car. So just, sh just show you, you know, where she's at in the, you know, again, we spoke earlier about Kima and the type of, you know, her, She's a cop. She's a she's a police through and through, and she loves being a police uh, police officer through and through, no matter what the cost of of it of that. So, what were your thoughts on this scene? Um, this is a great scene. Uh, it's a great scene. And it's um, all around, all around. Yeah. So, yes, yes to everything that you're saying, and then I'm going to add on. I think even more so, I think in that moment, Kima was taking care of McNulty, which yeah. then goes to another level, right? Of just like like the type of character that she is and the person that she is. Um, here she is laying up shot in the bed, all types of jacked up. And she's caring about McNulty's emotional state. And then uses that to get the money to Bubs, right? Like that, that, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of goodwill. Yeah. That so, is a tremendous yeah. amount of goodwill. That's like good. I said, hers is more uh, hard to comprehend um, than 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 anything else because it's it's so above and beyond um, what you know 
is is normal <laughs> in my mind in my in my experience but it's awesome to see and watch and witness and it's a great juxtaposition so you have this scene with her right versus like a, a scene with d'angelo and all of them where they're tossing dead by pictures of dead bodies across the the um the table for that entire scene you know that scene is horrific this scene is the opposite of that and you need that in a show like this um uh, otherwise, it's just bleak, bleak, bleakness, bleakness all the time. Um, yeah, this is this this great scene. That's I mean, just great scene. I was all the way in. They had me. They had me. I was all the way in it. Um, yeah, so I don't. I don't even have my normal analysis for this because they had me all the way in. It's great. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you mentioned to your point. Um, this leads her leads to the Bubbles McNulty scene where you have um, McNulty gives Bubbles uh, enormous amount of money, a lot of money, the money from that Cuban, the money that, that came That's from Cuban. Yeah, yeah Cuban, the money that came from Cuban, yes. Yeah. And immediately he is, as well as the audience, if you're watching, paying attention, is able to recognize that Bubbles is using again. Mm. Um, I mean, like, I'm not saying he doesn't, but he definitely doesn't say anything. Yeah, no, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. Um, well, I should say, I shouldn't say he, but he, I shouldn't jump to him. I should say we as an audience were able to recognize immediately, immediately by Bubbles' appearance that he's he using it again. Um, Bubbles um, initially doesn't take the money, all the money, and tries to give some of it back, but ends up taking it, all of it. And not ends up. See, all right. Go keep going, me, because oh. I'm about to go in on McNulty on this. McNulty goes, "Are you sure?" Yeah, he said yes. He said, yeah, ain't no ain't no ends up in this. Yeah, he says, "Are you sure?" Uh huh. Then Bubbles, he was handing you the money. He was very sure. <laughs> yes, yes. He's, so yeah, so Bubbles Bubbles is handing McNulty part of the money, um, and then to your point, McNulty says, "Are you sure?" And then Bubbles takes all the money. And then uh, he tells Jimmy, he asks Jimmy to say, to tell Kima, uh, to, make, to tell Kima that he's not using it. Just, just don't, yeah, don't, don't say just it. Don't, just, just don't, don't tell it. her. Just don't say it. And, um, and Bubbles walks away and immediately goes and buys some drugs. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, like he's back. And so, like, yeah. So now I'm going, I, I am going to have to break, break this down a little bit because this isn't even about McNulty. Um, and I, I've been trying to bite, bite my tongue because this episode is so good at this. Um, the reason why The Wire stands out and will always stand out over the history of time is not specifically every move that the characters made and what they did and what they said. That's great, and that makes great television, but what makes this a superior show is the thematic elements that they bring in. So what you have in two separate cases, right? You talk about, um, the three separate cases. You talked about, the the um herc and uh carver conversation then you also have the um the uh i'll just use i mean there's a million different examples of this but i'll just use avon and what he talks about with the fiends um conversation and then you have 
McNulty and Bubs. So I'll start with Avon when he's talking about, I want those fiends falling out, right? He's talking about his package. He's not thinking about life, death, destruction, what he's doing to his community, all no, those different, no, different no. types of things. Of course not. And he's not thinking about those as real people. They're fiends. He wants them falling out. Yes. Dying, whatever, be damned, just to let everybody know. So that's dehumanizing of people, right? And then you have the same thing with Hurt and Carb. When they're looking at they're looking at people getting beat with bats. And, he, and all Carver can come up with and think in his mind is that that's why we're going to lose, because they get beat up when they do some things wrong. That's dehumanizing. The thing that pisses me off the most about McNulty and the Bub situation, and the fact that I'm pissed off is good, because this is what good writing does and good acting does. They weren't playing this for any other way. I should feel some type of way for this because this is the actual statement the writers and the actors meant in this scene. McNulty is dehumanizing Bubs. All he sees Bubs as is a thing. The difference between him and Kima, they both came, Kima didn't even have the cash there. But the difference between him and Kima is Kima sees Bubs as a person and cares about him as a human being which is why he doesn't go and do drugs. When McNulty doesn't give a shit about him as a human being, dehumanizes him, and it's basically like, no, take the money, because you're going to need it to buy as many drugs as you, as you, as you can, because that's all you do is do drugs. Um, then Bubs is, I'm not even, I'm not making a one-on-one -on -one correlation in blame. The, the them thematic build is the dehumanization of a population, of a certain population. and. That's what they're showing thematically, and that's what they're showing in these instances, and that's my very visceral reaction to this McNulty and Bubs scene. There is no shine in what McNulty does at all, not even a little bit. There's zero, and it's not meant to shine. He's a piece of shit here. He's no. a piece of shit, and he's, a re and he's not a piece of shit because of some innate flaw in him. He's a piece of shit here because of what the show is stating is that in this war on drugs, in this, in this policing of a population and everything, the reason why it fails is because we don't see them as human beings. That's the entire reason, that's the entire thesis of this entire show, which when I get to the end, I'll talk about that's why season two is so brilliant because they moved that camera off of black people and put it on the white people and showed, um, the, the, same, the same type of, of, of dehumanization that goes on and the destruction that is wrought there for it. So that's why I have such a visceral reaction for this scene. This scene doesn't play any other way to me than this is somebody who just sees somebody else as a drug addict, right? Kima wants McNulty to give this money to Bubs to better Bubs. McNulty can't see that. In that moment, he's so wrapped up in himself and his guilt, which Kima in her state tried to take off of him. Not her job. She shouldn't have. I get it because I'm I get that impetus of if I feel like somebody's sad, I need to take it away from no matter how I'm feeling. So I get it. But from her, she shouldn't have had done that at all. And McNulty need to do a little bit more. The police department needs to do a little bit more. The federal government needs to do a little bit more. Me as, we as people need to do a little bit more. That's, that's the thesis statement of this. If we actually want to uplift people out of this shit and not just shove them in jail cells, this, there's, there's a different way to do it. There's a different way of policing, and then there's a different way of being a human.
McNulty's one end, King was the other end of it. No question about it. Uh, I can't, cannot add anything to that. Um, so you have Herc and um, you have Herc and Carver. Turns out, of course, and you know, yep. turns out that of course Herc did not get the sergeant's position. <laughs> and nope. yeah, yeah, no shit, no shit, Herc. You had a lot of, uh, lot of <laughs> you got a lot of what, what you call it. Um, Brutality. Complaint. Yeah, yeah. It's called police brutality. That's what it's called. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, yeah. It must have been a brutality. It must have been the brutality." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. But, but the flip side is Herc, not Herc Carver, uh, ends up getting the position. Uh, of course, where we find it for a different reason, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll. Um, I mean, we'll, it's not a different reason, but it's on top of. On top of. Like playing the game for some reason has come to the perspective of you gotta just kiss ass and have no competency but no, he's com- that's he not accurate at all no, 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 I, he has a tremendous that. amount of competency no, he's competent. i go back to the scene remember uh and the only reason i bring this up is because i don't want to demean carver and his character carver was studying hard Herc didn't give a shit no that's essentially why Herc's not a sergeant and carver is now Carver also played the game, too, and I thought. Anyways, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so yeah, we'll break. We'll, like, yeah. um, of course, I'll Carver, let his words speak to him for themselves. Carver gets the position. Uh, you see Freeman during that same scene come in with Chardine. So we, at this point, we know that they're officially together. They come in with some food. Uh, they all. He also um, at the end of that scene before he closes the door, he uh, gets the number. They get the information from. Uh, from WeeBay's number, so now they now he knows WeeBay's whereabouts. And um, at the end of the scene, Carver, as they're looking at Charlene and uh, Freeman, the uh, Carver says the world's on his ass. Had <laughs> to hit the to kind of uh, to kind of wrap up that scene. Um, this scene was this was a this scene was a lot of it was some setup in the scene as well. So we can flush out some more stuff moving forward. With this scene, you are we already mentioned, uh, you know, Herc, you know, Herc and uh, Carver, um, Freeman. Now we get to the feds. Uh, Freeman, McNulty, Daniels, Perlman, uh, Fitzhugh, and the feds. So they want, um, of course, we, we McNulty wants them to go hard in on Avon and Stringer, and, and in terms of that case. The feds want Clay Davis. So now we get back to the politicians. We get back to the money trail, things of that nature. That comes up in this scheme. Really quickly, to go back to that initial, that first meeting, they made it very clear that political corruption would get the needle moving. And it's the police that go, what what type of political corruption? She goes, goes, well, what do you got? Yeah, so, well, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They didn't come in there head hunting for Clay Davis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. They um so they figured that um they you know they figured that the they want wanted Avon and Stringer to leave would lead them, these are the feds, wanted Avon and Stringer to lead them as cooperators to uh to uh Clay Davis, to a Clay Davis. And of course, this is you know polar opposite, totally opposite of what the cops are talking about. 
Um, then I think I'm thinking about the idea of lightning Avon sentence to, you know, as a snitch for Clay Davis as just not realistic for them. Um, and Freeman brings up a key point in regards to the property scam that the Barksdales were running through, uh, through, through politics. So they were buying up property, buying up a, a bunch of property and getting tipped off by the politicians on, on which properties to buy. And then they would resell it at a much higher, at a much higher price. So we learned- Real, real estateers and uh, lots of people do that all the time, right? Yep. Like nothing they described in there was new. No, no. So um, McNulty, of course, they, you know, McNulty, of course, typical McNulty, completely uh, insults the U.S. attorney, calls them a bunch of empty suits. And that's very important because we'll, we'll discuss we'll discuss the ramifications, ramifications of that. And there were, there were definitely some serious ramifications in terms of that. But ultimately, they don't have an interest. Like, they're not, the feds have no interest in locking up Avon Barcel for an extended period of time or stringing or none of that. They want to use them to get to political, to get to the politicians and corrupt politicians like uh, Senator, of course, Senator Clay Davis, which we, you know, we'll, we'll see in, in seasons moving forward. Um, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me get the big. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm not even going after McNulty. I'm not no, going no, after anybody, I, anything. So first. I want to so give a couple quick. Okay. I wanna, so Daniels and Perlman absolutely we're on the same page during this scene. I wanted to make sure make, make, no, I was going to acknowledge that as well. Perlman, Perlman shook her head, mm -hmm. her head as to say, no, yep. this is as far as it's going to go. Yep. And, and Daniels, Daniels said, we're going in a different direction. Yep. I just wanted yep. to make sure I, I got that. Yep. Nope, that, that's perfect. That'll, that'll lead in second and I'll be really light on that because that was perfect. I, I was going to say that. So the big thing, the first big, big, huge thing um, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stay on this for a long, a long point in time. But it's, it's the big thematic element, so I got to talk about it. Um, it's the difference between like terrorism, like 9/11 terrorism, like all of that that I mentioned. Yep, absolutely. But also inherently in what they're, what the FBI is saying, what they're representing in that scene, or the federal government, whoever they're representing, is that um, it's too small time. Black, black crime doesn't rate, doesn't mean okay. anything. Private crime doesn't rate. Um, you know, which is another way to dehumanize people, right? Like, like what McNulty is saying and where he's very valid in, um, the counterpoint, of course, is that, you know, uh, we're talking about terrorism that happens every once in a while and these murders happen every single day. What the fuck, right? Um, and then the guy goes, you know, that type of hyperbole will not serve you here or whatever, um, whatever type of statement, whatever the word he put to it. Um, uh was but uh and then McNulty ratcheted it up um which does nothing but uh but the point is that that's that's an extension of dehumanizing people is you don't relate to their plight and their plight means nothing to you and therefore you know it, it is what it is so that's that's the overarching big huge huge point but but I went in a little bit hard with Bubs and McNulty so I'll back up on that one I just want to co-sign off of what you said I love this scene for that the specific reasons that you said 
this was no longer, this is to me the moment where the show departed from McNulty being the main character, from being the face. And it became a true ensemble show. Um, because this wasn't about McNulty's reaction. As a matter of fact, everybody just dismissed McNulty's reaction. Yeah. Um, and went about it in a way that it needed to go to go about us. So it was a great juxtaposition of how you actually, as an adult, handle situations. Not yeah. as a child having a tantrum every single time you don't get your way, but how you handle it as an adult in a mature in a in a conversation with other adults who have various ranks and bosses and everything that they need to be thinking about as well. Um, so I love that scene for that direct for that. And then I love the scene for its construct of how how day-to-day crime can be viewed or can be uh what's the word I'm looking for? Shrunken down, tiny made tiny, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Um uh i can't i can't think of the word but how it can be just pushed off into the corner um and not being not taken seriously at all because this group of people their lives don't matter anyways so whatever oh it's the it's it's the famous line from uh the end of uh boys in the hood you know ice cube sitting on the porch with trey after you know ricky's been killed says either they don't know don't show or don't don't care about what's going on going on in, in the hood yeah. He's, he's watching the news yeah. and he said the news was talking yep. about some shit that had nothing to do with anything. Yep, yep, you know? yep. And that was the nineties, and this, this is right. two, that was two thousand and two. And so, what the wire is saying is that you could take those first two out of it. They damn sure know, they just don't care. Right. And to your point about McNulty, um, the first the first outburst was. Okay, you're making you actually he's actually making a good point about the terrorism. He's like the Barksdale's are dropping 14, 15 bodies. That's a form of terrorism. That was a very legitimate and fair point. But as all uh right, I'm yeah. just gonna say on to just to add just to write back because anyway, um just as all of our mothers have taught us and every other responsible adult, right? They all say it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying. So yeah, he was making a good point that first time. But he was doing it in the worst way possible, where nobody was going to hear what the fuck point he was trying yeah, to make. Yeah, no, how he made it wasn't obviously wasn't the most articulate. But the empty suits one that that was the comment that just yeah, that, 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 I, yeah come on, <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> state's attorney. <laughs> and not, I mean, it's not even that. It's just like what I mean, like no, even even if you feel the privilege that McNulty obviously feel, feels. Um, even that, it's just like, if your end goal is to work with these guys or right. to get them to do X, Y, what does insulting them do? No, nothing. It, right? It did something to him, but like, but in terms of, in terms of helping him. In terms of getting your goal met. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, 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 it's no. damn sure going to have a negative effect. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to help your goal. Yeah, absolutely. I can um, do a billion different things that I know will have a negative outcome. Um, yep. So uh, yeah, put a bookmark next to that in McNulty. But you want your goals met. Yeah, put a bookmark next to that McNulty insult. Um, did not and did not end well for him from that standpoint. Uh, D'Angelo and Brianna uh, Barksdale. So she gets down to Jersey and um, talks uh, D'Angelo out of taking um, 
the Chauncey Angelo. Yeah, Chauncey Angelo out of flipping, completely flipping mm-hmm. on Avon. Now, D'Angelo has already given up more than he ever should have as far as in terms of – Well, none of that goes on the – like the attorney made it very clear. Until there was an a agreement deal signed, sealed, and delivered that anything that he said would be kept in that room. Right, right. But I'm saying, though, he's already made – But, yes. He's already, they, hurt, he's already yeah. hurt the organization. Yeah, more. they can make he's plenty made, of moves off yeah. of what he told well, he's, them. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Already, he's already yep. done, he's done a lot of damage. Yeah. Also, remember, this isn't about hurting the Boxdale, quote-unquote, organization. But D'Angelo, this is very personal. This don't have shit to do with – the Barksdale no, organization. No, no. He, this was, this, but I mean, that's what he was. Yeah, that's the mindset. He, and then mom gets there. Yeah, but his. his and I know all of us can feel like just real quick, like even this two characters who I know are fictional. Watch her come through that jail sound like, ooh, he's in trouble. Like nobody wants them problems. Your mom walking through so, anything to come and tell you anything. So Brianna, Barks, none of that is going to be a good. Comes in, um, and really again. The actor in the scene was just top notch. She basically shows you why D'Angelo ended up where he ended up, and why, and gives she gives you the heart of what the Barksdales are and what they stand for. Um, she comes in and says, "You know, you're you know you're talking about walking away. You're talking about being free." What are they giving you? So she already knows. She already knows the deal. She already knows that they they're offering him with protection. She already. I mean, she 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 she's in the game. She knows what time it is. And that's it. She says, "How the fuck are you gonna start over without your people, without your family, without your child?" He says. Then she says, basically, you know, the game is the reason why we are not living in you know living basically in poverty. Like we would be, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be a family. But she has a very convincing argument. A very convincing for a criminal. She, the shit is convincing. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, she's completely. She's now morally. She's. We know she's wrong. But again, she's his mom. He's gonna listen to her. Um, she. She's carries. She carries weight as Avon's sister. Um, this is mom. And this is mom. No, this is mom. There's no other mom. This is mom. No, this is mom. You don't. Her, you don't even have to pull anything else out. This no, is mom. This is mom. But her, you know, her argument is convincing. Uh, the game is the the game got us out out of this right. shithole. We wouldn't be a family if you hurt him. You're gonna hurt everybody. Can you? If you if he goes away, can you step up and be the king? So she like if this were a fuck if this were a debate, she wins. The, she I mean I could she, she would have been on the um. But I guess my question is, real, is what's the argument? What no, are they debating? Right. What are they debating? Well, no, I mean, they're not debating, but in terms of convincing him, she... Well, what's the convincing? I mean, like, what, like, like, no, Eddie, keep going, keep going. Well, I mean, she's... I see she, what you're saying. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay, good. Uh, not yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, nah, nah, I get what you're saying. Because you remember, before she walks yep. into that, before yep. she walks into that room, he's all he he's ready to snitch. He's ready to yeah. give up the entire Barstow organization. Yeah, once he walks into that room. And like I said, I mean, like, and that I love it because we can all relate to that feeling. Doesn't matter. Your mom walks through that door. Yeah, this, 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 things yeah. are changing yeah. immediately. So she, of course, she talks him out. Um, no matter what space you were in before, mom walks through that door. She talks him this, out. We're just gonna have a, a whole different kind, con- new conversation. 
um, and of course, we find out uh, that um, she uh, talks him out, talks him out of it, and he um, re rehires uh, Levy. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, like, so. I mean, like, this time around, I related a lot with D'Angelo. So I'm looking at it from D'Angelo's perspective more than the Barksdale organization perspective right. because uh, D'Angelo, I'm just going to go here because I can't, I can't pace myself anymore. D'Angelo made the argument for himself in that room with the police. He, right. he stated, he stated, He's only in this because his family, this is what, this is, a, and then this is what the family does. And then that's a larger uh, conversation about what does object poverty give you? And that's a larger argument or, or case for the institutions in this no, country, no, where no, you are, no. all the, da, 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 where all of that is, and like what actual routes you have for success, right? Um, and so what D'Angelo was saying is this was never a choice. What he was saying in there, this was never a choice for me. Didn't nobody sit me down and present me with other options. No. I was always going to be in this. And what he says in that statement with them is I don't want to. This has never been me. But they keep pushing me here. That's what that comment about I can't breathe anymore means. So the question is, what is it? Because I hear this a lot from, from black families all the time. My family very much included. Families all, all you got is your family. That is 100% accurate in one statement. Then the second, my retort to that is what happens when your family's the worst thing for you? Yeah, yeah. What, is, what yeah. like, what do you do then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hear you, mom. Family's yeah. great. And family's all you're going to have at the end. Yeah, but what if y'all the worst thing for me? What do I do then? And so, like, that's the catch-22 that he's in, and there's no other way for him to go. Because you're absolutely right. What she's saying is accurate. I empathize with him and relate it to him because we've all had those just feelings of, I just want to just go somewhere else. <laughs> just do me. <laughs> right? Great. Sounds great in your head, but actually making that happen is damn near impossible for any of us because we have too many... Uh, 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 responsibilities and relationships and a lot of that is tied of course to our family um, so you're 100% right accurate as the argument is um, it's still the worst possible scenario for D'Angelo even in that moment even without knowing the ramifications of everything it's still the worst possible scenario because then on the flip side you gotta look at it this is this person's mom and she's coming in here trying to figure out how he's gonna do 20 years this is my mom yeah. trying to figure out how I'm going to do 20 years. So, and I just thought about it because I want to make one last point about this. So she, they were amazing. All that emote, like yeah, I love it when shows can bring out like pure, unadulterated emotion in me. That tells me that everybody's doing their damn job. Yeah. Everybody's doing no, their okay. damn no, job. It was a phenomenal scene. One of, one of the best scenes uh, in the, of the season. Um, in that moment, right, despite the fact that she is his mother, and we go back to our institutions inst versus individuals, she's choosing the institution of the Barstales over his best interests. She's choosing... Even as a mother. 
her best interest well, over no, that of her child. Yes, her and the family, her with along with the Bar the Barksdale names. Avon, you know, it's Avon too. Well, so you got to strip all that away, right? Like if we're gonna personalize it, let's personalize it. That's her brother. Yes. That's yes. not like, like Barksdale, like, and they, they joke about this going back to my organized crime. Like the Gotti family don't call themselves the Gotties. The uh what's another famous mafia organization? Um uh uh in real life. Not the Corleone. I was gonna go real. I mean, like I know all of them, Lucchese's, the Gambinos, everything. Yeah, I don't know if everybody knows knows all that. That's why I said God Gotti was Gambino fan. So that that makes it Gotti's Gambino. So anyway, so they didn't refer to themselves. None of the none of them in the this thing of ours, the La Costa Nostra, referred to the family name as who they were with the Columbos. Like, no, that's not a thing. The Barks said they don't refer to themselves with the Barksdales. I don't refer to myself and my family with the Saps. That's ridiculous. Like, nobody does that. Um, and so that's her brother. So now we need to personalize it. This is not an organizational structure thing. What Avon, what she's poking at with D'Angelo is the family ties, the thing that binds them together. And what she's saying is by you getting back at your uncle, you're going to destroy all of us. Yes. You're going to destroy me, your mother. You're going to destroy the mother of your child and you're going to destroy your child. She goes directly personal. This ain't no organizational shit. No. At all. No. This ain't about WeBay and Servino. It ain't about none of that. No. Damn them. This is about me. How am I going to live and exist out of here with what she said in terms of abject poverty and it only being us selling drugs? You know, that's that's you know, we, we know how that argument goes, that that's their only option. But whatever. That's the argument she's making in this moment that that's how that was our move out of poverty. If you remove this, then you will be sticking us right back into poverty. Yes. Yep. And that shot about her and uh avon is a cheap ass shot and the way you know it is because d'angelo immediately goes man you know i don't want any of that shit you know i'm not ready for that i'm not i don't want that nobody want like i don't want that he's never wanted that that's never been different from stringer that's never been barks um uh, uh d'angelo's motivation no. is to be the guy that's never been his motivation and she knows that so it's a cheap ass shot yeah yeah um, but effective yeah, well, definitely. She's a mom. Moms, they know. They know yeah. how to. No, I twist the knife directly to you. Yep. Yep. Um, you have Daniels and Carver. Um, this, of course, after Daniels, not Daniels, after Carver has gotten, you know, promoted to sergeant. Daniels tells Carver, you know, he knows that he was the snitch, um, and then he goes on a tangent, basically saying, "What type of cop do you want to be?" Um, he says, if, you know, you're going to be leading a squad, if you show, you know, if you show them police work, that's what they'll do. If you show them something else, that's what they'll do. If you show them some other shit, some the bullshit, that basically, that's what they'll do. So basically, and I, you know, there was a lot to the scene, but basically what he's, he's asking Carver, what type of cop do you, are you, do you want to be moving forward? Or what type of cop are you going to be? moving forward as a, not only as a cop, but as, as a leader, possibly a leader of men. And I also thought this was, this was a personal 
this was a personal, uh, not attack on Garland, but this is kind of like yep. this, this was Daniel's. This was this was Daniel's basically talking talking about himself to Carver. Talking, talking man to man. This is a man to man conversation. Yep. So, what were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. Very similar. Very, very. Because, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's the, you know, when whoever that older adult male in your life is, it was my father for me, when disappointed in you and they go the other route instead of wilding, you know, instead of going the route you think they're about to go, wilding out, getting upset at everything, they switch it up and do the, what type of man do you want to be? You know, yeah. and all those conversations play really heavy at least for me in my mind because it was at the absolute time that it was needed to have only father figure type elements can have those conversations with you right like the like the the men in your life that you respect you know whoever's above you however that however that goes whether it's older or wisdom or whatever it is um those are the ones that can have those impactful conversations like that with you and so yeah Dales could have could have crushed him just off the insubordination alone personally made his life a living hell done all that type of stuff but i think this speaks to daniels as well in terms of he's saying that for himself right like what type of police sergeant will i be sending then out to everybody if i do all of that right right like like if this is a teachable moment as educators we both recognize they co those come in all types of different formats it most often doesn't actually have a lot to do with standing up in front of kids and saying something to them. It's actually helping them learn and adults are very much this way through disappoint, through successes, failures, disappointments, ups, downs, all that stuff. Right. And so this is a teachable moment. And Daniels took that time to, to, to do that. Um, in a variety, in a variety of different, in a variety of different ways, and from a variety of different mindsets that 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 he's in, um, and then also Daniel's knows he he. I mean, like it, like Carver. I have forgotten Carver's statement back to Daniel, but when he goes, and you know, the deputy ops is standing there in front of you, telling you, like, think about it. Um, whoever's your most highest boss of boss, like the highest boss, is inviting you and asking you to do something for them how many of us are going to say no right. come on right come on yeah like let, let's let's be honest let's be real and that was very like when i heard him i went huh yeah that's tough that's tough that's yeah. the, you're not even a sergeant yet and you know the tippy top this isn't your this this isn't your you know the the tippy top. Well, he says. Well, he says in the scene. He says, "I've never even been on the eighth floor." Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. And people in power use things like that all the time. Like oh, yeah. all, the time. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, all the time. So power. that's why I call it power. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so um, I think Daniels knew that as well. Not only, I, Daniels knew from experience what that's like to have people try to manipulate you based off of their status in the and Daniels, and Daniels, you just mentioned it. Daniels doesn't fuck with Burrell either. So that I think that that was kind of part of it too. So Dan, Daniels doesn't fuck with does Yeah, but it was through experience. I agree with you. He definitely doesn't. But it was through experience of feeling like crap being the pipeline to Burrell and knowing that Burrell is only looking out for himself as right. well. 
Right. You know, so that, I mean, like, those are what teachable moments are. Those are why moments like that can only come from people who show you a different path and who you trust because there's a lot of different moving parts to that conversation. Again, another brilliantly acted, written everything. Um, there's just so many moving parts to that. And a lot of it is unsaid. There's only so many words you can say because a conversation like that is not built off of, and then the next thing you'll do is go pick up the classroom, like in our job, right? Like, and then this is how you're going to show how you fix it. No, you're just going to have to show you're a better person over time. Right. Like that's, you know, and that's out of my, out of the person's viewpoint uh, that's giving you this conversation. Most likely, most of that's going to occur outside of their purview. Um, so there's, yeah, most of it's unsaid. There's a lot. There's a lot. And as a matter of fact, what's said in that conversation, in those types of conversations, usually isn't the most important. It's when we go back and think by ourselves on what the person said to us. That's where the actual real work happens. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just, just really well done. Really well done. So um, next you have uh, Detail Arrested Weebay in Philadelphia. Uh, of course, you know, they, they got the trap and trace. Um, not much to add from this scene, though. I will say that Weebay made a mistake. I didn't mention this earlier. Weebay, the reason why they were able to get to him in the direct address they already they knew he was in Philly through D'Angelo and what have you. But the reason why they were able to get to him at that particular address is he was calling uh, Levy and leaving messages for Levy, so they were able to, to trace those calls. So so that so he fucked up from that standpoint. Um, and you really see and you see when you know when Weebay goes in, uh, goes into jail or goes or gets arrested. That is of course a big time, to say the least, big time blow to the Barksdale organization, um, to say the least. Uh, so you have Perlman, Lee, Perlman and Levy, Perlman gets the call. From, Wait, go back really to, quickly, because is Weebay, is that, are they also in the, uh, is that also where he's in the? No, no. The no, room, no. okay, so that's not it, okay. Uh, this, right. this is just yep, yep. So Perlman gets the call from Levy. Of course, Levy is back with D'Angelo. Uh, Perlman already knows what time it is. Once, once they realize, once the public defender's been let go, he says, uh, "Put the asshole on the phone." And then the funny part, Levy is like, "Here he is." <laughs> Levy, Levy loves these type of moments. He loves, kind of loves to give it back to the, uh, uh, not to the police, but yeah, in that way, you know, he loves the win. Um, so they, uh, they have a call. They, uh, they discuss. They have a call. Um, in regards to D'Angelo, um, I don't think there was a, this would lead up to the negotiation in regards to the uh, sentence. So unless you want to ask, that, that was pretty straightforward. I, did, I actually do have something to add on this one. Go ahead. Um, so uh, this is one of the few times that I can say that The Wire feels gimmicky. Um, and I say this for this reason. Uh, you would have think they would have learned after Wallace and the mistake is what it is. Um, that's not the gimmicky part. I always think about that. I've always thought about that. Like, why did they make that same mistake in the exact same season? Um, but the gimmicky part is that they start celebrating before everything yeah, is washed yeah, she, in. Now, yeah, she like, was, come on now. Come on. Was, y'all, yeah, y'all, was, ju 
you just made this mistake. This yes, isn't like years ago. You no, just no. made this mistake. You yeah. cannot then be like, oh, everything's great. <laughs> Nothing is that like, this is the career. Like, come on now. Come on. Come on. So, so that, that's what I mean by gimmicky. That it, like in terms of that is something that I can see as specifically being written and produced into that show to really drive the point home of uh, the police and the DA, the police and law, the legal system doesn't have a shit together and they rarely talk to each other on, on a functioning basis. Um, and that it hurts people because of that, yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, it was redundant and it was the same thing. So that, that's, that's the only thing. Yeah, but we give this show so much credit to so many different things. It's only fair to point out, right? Yeah, no, no, and it's nothing negative, like in terms of just like you know every show. No, but it's, it's legitimate. It's but legitimate. I just wanted to point it's that out. It's a legitimate point. Um, Ross McNulty. Um, so McNulty walks into the office, basically, basically not basically, but dead man walking. Um, Ross has already heard about. And I'll get back, getting back to the empty suits comment. Ross heard about it because the Fed, Ross heard, has heard about it because the feds called and um, and said, you know, mentioned that the uh, that they were talking, that they were discussing the case with uh, with McNulty and in the, in the uh, detail. Now, yeah, about we don't even have to get that yeah. that serious and that deep in it. Ross heard about it because his subordinate was an asshole. Yes, that's no, that's why. Right. That's another why, no, that's top why organization. That's, that's why, like, right. like if I'm an asshole in another in somebody else's school, and I just yeah. go in there and start doing crazy stuff. You better believe that word is gonna get back to my yeah. principal. Absolutely. Yeah. So Rawls Raw, heard about his about it based on the, the McNulty comment. Because McNulty's being an asshole. Yes. Being McNulty. That's how life works, McNulty. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you can't just say everything you want to say to everybody. And even no Ross, consequences. Yeah, even Rawls had to laugh at laugh at it. You called him. You called the state's attorney an empty suit. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I give you credit for having balls on you. Sure. And then, um, so then all the balls you want. So then Rawls is like, he's like, you know what, Jimmy, you done some good work here. You know, he done some good work here, and he asked McNulty, where does he, where doesn't he want to go? And then the scene cuts. We know we even 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 if you hadn't seen the show before, they, you know she was fucked. Well, and even beyond that, even if you're just watching this season, all you have to do is go back to Lester's words, because he told McNulty way back when he first got there. When they ask you where you don't want or where you want to go, don't tell them, because that's what happened to him. He was he was relating the story. How did he end up? Because McNulty asked him, how did he end up in the property? Whatever. Um, uh, office after after I think it's when he took him out for a drink after they he got the number off the wall. I think that was the reason yeah, why. Was, I know the scene is when he he took Freeman out to a drink to the bar and asked Freeman how did he end up in the property oh, office for thirteen shot. days, four months, and you know how Freeman does. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the pawn shop unit. Yep. Um, and so that's uh, anyway. I'm thinking about another character. Um, and so uh. And so you don't even have to go. Like we, of course, we know what happens, but uh, you don't even have to go to go to next season. All you gotta do is listen to like Freeman told you. Yeah, he told you. So in that scene, what's your hope? If you're just 
this season at when that scene, you're just like I, when I remember originally, I'm just like, don't tell him, don't tell him, McNulty, don't say it. That's what you're hoping, and then we find out. And yeah, and you, I mean, yeah. you, you knew McNulty yeah. and walking because number one, they weren't even supposed to. They went over the they went over the deputy ops and and Rawls in the head to, to try to pursue. Yeah, McNulty so yeah. was, was, was fucked. Yeah. So, Word go almost in this. Yeah, so that was that was you know he was again walking to that office. But I just remember Lester did warn him. Yeah, he did. No, he got warning time ago. No, he got warning. So McNulty, what are you doing? So we move to Levy, Perlman, Daniels, and the assistant district attorney. They are um, discussing the sentencing of the Barksdale members. they basically are negotiating, and Levy, Levy was brilliant in this scene. Basically, are negotiating uh, how many years are they going to get. They start um, in terms of how many years are they going to get. Um, again, Lee, this was to me, this was Levy's scene because Levy, came, Levy seemed like he walked in with a Bill Belichick like game plan. Like he was, he was ready, and you know, Avon, um, and we'll, we'll get to the scene later courts. We'll get to the later scene with the, the couple of court scenes, but, uh, Levy's performance in the scene jumped out. I forgot the actor that plays him, but he, he was ready when they started talking about the, uh, sentencing of all the Barksdale members, uh, including Avon sentence sentence. Uh, what were your thoughts? Well, that's, uh, so yes. And then I want to go back to the scene where they were outside and they were coming up with the plan. Nothing Levy said was different than the plan that they all came up with. So this is, if we're going to go back to organizational structure, this was the CEOs meeting with their lawyer to discuss the plan. Um, And they executed it well. Absolutely. But that's why I like that scene so much Um, earlier because it leads into this one. And he's so well prepared because they're all so well prepared. In crisis management. So, the, so to the, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The plan, the the strategy was that all the Barksdale people You'll roll them all up into one. Roll, yeah, roll them all up into one plea. Uh huh. Lighten Avon's sentence. Is that right? Avon will get three years. Like yeah, Avon's yeah. going to have to take the three years or whatever it was. Gunshot. I can't remember what Seven it was. Years. Yeah, you know what you But yeah. in order, like everyone's going to come in and agree to the year. They're yes. not going to negotiate years because, of course, what they know, what the district attorney's office wants is, is to flip. They want to take, they want to flip them up as much as possible. Where it start low on totem pole and then just keep going up. So by having them all, of course, already have the years and everything locked in, there's no reason for anybody to talk. So that was the plan. Yeah. In order to, in order to, to make sure there were no extended years that were going to put on Avon's sentence. And nobody would even remotely bring up Stringer. No, no. And it basically worked to perfection. Um, Perlman, Avon, Levy in the court. Uh, Avon pleads guilty uh, to, to uh, pleads guilty, gets seven years. Um, you see D'Angelo. And um, you can basically combine these two scenes with the court, two court scenes where D'Angelo gets, um, D'Angelo gets, of course, 20 years from two prior convictions. 
uh, that he remember, remember he opened the season in uh, in court based off of a murder uh, that they ended up getting him off with with the with the witness and uh, and with the with the security guard and, and uh, with the security guard um, and who they end up killing. Um, so Avon gets seven years, which basically is nothing uh, in terms of a, a drug case. Well, for a drug kingpin, well, seven years. He gets seven. For I think you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to what he, like, yeah, compared to what I he was yeah, 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 he could have got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And D'Angelo gets hit with the 20 years. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, um, you know. Well, I would struggle with that as well if I was D'Angelo. Like, hold yeah. on. Yeah, hold yeah. On. I'm yeah. getting more years? Yeah. He's the top of all this? I would struggle yeah. with that. I would. I would struggle. That would be a struggle. Yeah, that. That, that would that. be hard for me to figure that out. Mentally in my head. Like, my mom probably got me as well. But then, yeah, the time when you're not with your mom, it's like, hold up. No, that, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's. don't make a lot of sense right now. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling the love of this situation. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be, that would be a rough be, Yeah, it'll be hard. It'll be hard for me to rationalize that on a daily basis. So then we get. Here longer than him? Right. Why? So then we get to Weebay, Bunk, Norris, and it's just assistant. Not even an equal sentence? Like, I can deal with an equal. If I had 20 and he had 20, then that would make sense. But what? You don't give him less? Yeah. I go to jail longer? Yeah, that would be hard. That would be very hard. Um, get Weebay, Bunk, Norris, and the assistant district attorney. Um, Weebay takes all the murders, um, even murders that he didn't commit, uh, for life in prison. Um, and some uh, and some food, <laughs> and some uh, tater, some horse tater sandwiches, uh, some sandwiches with some horseradish, and a coke. Um, so he takes, so he starts copping all the murders. Little man, Nakisha Lyles, uh, DJ Crescent, even Gant, which everybody, which even which Bunk knows it, which is bullshit. Um, he didn't, which we know he didn't kill Gant, but again, why not? Um, why not uh, take on extra murders? And you know, we made we of course doesn't give up anything on Stringer or um or Avon. Uh what were your thoughts on this scene? I don't think if I had anything extra to add. Nope. Nope. Good scene, setup scene. Uh Daniels and Cantrell. So But I think I did wait, hold on really quick. I think I wanted to go back uh when Weebay got arrested to that that connection. Maybe. Um Keep going. Daniels Cantrell. Um, now, if you remember, this is why the wire is so brilliant. Cantrell, we've seen him twice this season. The other time that we saw him, Daniels was begging him for personnel. And I think if he ended up getting uh, Signer and somebody else, um, not Prez, but Signer, he ended up getting Signer. Um, getting, I'm getting Signer from him. Now, Cantrell gets a promotion, gets promoted to a major. This was a position that Daniels was in line for in towards in the middle of the season before he just went completely, you know, straight, uh, basically. So Daniel Contrell lets Daniels know I got the position, I could and I could use a nice uh shift lieutenant, which is a slap in the face, um at this point to Daniels, because Daniels thought that he was in line to be a major. And then of course Daniels also sees Hurt talking to some young officers as well and giving been 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 uh, a straight hypocrite talking about using your brain and all this shit when you know when he's or he, learned, 
or he learned. Or yeah, or he's learned. Yeah, he, I mean, there, there's some character development with that, I guess, um, with that scene uh, with Hercules and the young cops. But yeah, he had he had a couple moments. But the big piece of the scene is the Daniels Cantrell uh, interaction. What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, it's interesting, right? Because it's like there's another underlying set of uh, I use the word thesis a lot. That's the wrong word. Um, I like it so much. So there's another like uh, uh, theme thematic is the, is the best, and it is can you be can you play the game and can you be honest? Like, right. are those two things mutually exclusive from each other or can it happen? So this is something they'll explore over the entire series. Um, and so that's a lot, that's a lot in depth and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in there, but that I wanted to honor that that's what they're talking about here. Um, and so the implication at least now where the show is, is that you cannot. So the moment Daniel said a few episodes back, I am going to play this straight, he, re he let go of that promotion. Yeah. That, that moment he let go of the promotion. Now, the question is, is that right? Is that okay? Can anything change that? Um, and the show will wrestle with that for the next four seasons. Um, uh, and so, but that's what's going on. That's what's going on in this moment. Um, yeah, Daniels lost that promotion because he didn't play ball. No, yeah. That, that it's just that simple. That's that's the implication in there. But there's a larger theme that they continue to build on. That's not just where it lies. So you have uh, McNulty and Stringer. Now keep in mind, um, McNulty walked out the courtroom in the middle of the proceedings. McNulty's yeah, not happy. He's not happy at all. He's sitting on a park bench, not a park bench, but a a, a wooden bench, um, and just basically contemplating you know, his role in all of this. And I'm sure asking, asking himself the question, was all of this, was all of this worth it? Um, Stringer basically taunts him. Not basically, he does taunt him and says, nicely done, nicely done. Repeat yeah. what McNulty Going back said. from the first episode. First episode, yes. Yep. The very first episode of yep. the season. Uh, so yep. that, was a, that was a nice pull. Yep, right back uh, at you. Right back at you, and you know, nicely done. And I'm the I'm the new king right now. So Stringer was was definitely winning in this episode without question. Um, that was a, a quick scene. What were your thoughts on that? Just as it's a callback to that first episode. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Bodie, Bodie now has a tower. So Bodie is on the phone with, I don't know who he's on the phone with, sound like uh, he's talking about re-up, getting some, getting re-up. Um, he has a tower, he's been promoted. Uh, he says, if Rod Rod don't come with my re-up, oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm already, I'm thinking about, um, no, he doesn't, I'm, I'm already in season two. He yeah, says, he's over. yeah, he says that, um, no, he, no, he's been promoted at this point. He's been promoted, but he's... I was going to say, let's pause really quickly. There's a difference between a promotion and everybody goes to jail, and you're the only one left standing. Well, he, yeah, that, that too. That's true. Yeah, he, <laughs> but I get he has a tower. Yeah. He does have a tower. He, yeah, but, he but shows he competition to, enough. To your point, there's not a lot of barks. <laughs> <But> yeah, they <laughs> did not. They was like, yo, we need you to ride. We're going to select you because... You're performing so much better than it was not. Uh -uh. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Of, <laughs> no, it, 
Well, it was well, it was it was. I'm sure it was like it was for Chilling Wallet. So he from that standpoint, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, we we know we know all the different moves not, that were going in. We had a long conversation over that, but but not a lot of people left. To your point. No, there was nobody left. <laughs> because not a lot of people left because we as we find out. Putin's running the pit. That's what a legitimate, you know, I always say when things are hilarious in the office, pay attention because something's deep going on. There's nothing deep that was going on down. That was just hilarious. No. <laughs> we all just wanted to see Putin feel oh, like the man. man in the pit. That's it. That's it. So, that was just, um, just glorious and beautiful. Before, just we, get, before we get to Putin, because I want to get to that scene. I, I definitely, I'm going to get to that. Freeman, you have Freeman, Laws, and Lasman. Uh, Lasman is a classic classic yes man, just a classic company man. I mean, he is a company man to a T. Basically, uh, Rawls is saying, hey, you know, we got a certain way of doing things here. You're not going to tell us Freeman, you know, this whole, you know, basically just, you know, do it, to, do it yourself. Way. No, he's giving them, he's telling them how the unit is run. How like, see, run? don't yeah. don't let that McNulty mindset poison everything. He's telling them how the unit runs, how they work murders. He's not giving him any crazy edicts. No, it's not a crazy um, eating, but, but he is saying he is very clearly saying, I know you were with McNulty. Don't do none of that dumb shit here. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. It's, it's subtle. Yeah, it's, it's not outright clear. He's, he's definitely he is definitely that's the whole reasonable, what reasonable, that's the whole part of that. Yep, I get it. Yep. So then now we get to Pooh. So Pooh has been promoted to the pit 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 manager. <laughs> and yeah, when Pooh is the pit manager, the pickings are, are slim. Um He's sitting out. I, I'm sure you noticed this. Sitting on, sitting on a black couch. So they go from the orange couch to the black couch, which I might be reaching. I thought was a little bit symbolic. Um, yeah, I didn't notice this one. So you but go I might, ahead. But I might be reaching. So Pooh sitting on the black on the black couch. He reprimands a young dealer for doing. Uh, reprimands a young dealer for di- for taking for doing the deal and taking the money all in one deal. Yeah, that's again. That's a callback to D'Angelo. Uh, schooling um, them, schooling them. Yes, so you know that's a callback to that. Um, I bring up the black couch because again, shows like this don't do stuff for no reason. Um, we all been to funerals before, and the color, by color, the color mainly is black. So I, I think that's kind of like. Meant that it was kind of like the meant that the, the Barstow Empire was was dying, not all the way dead, but I, you know, I might be reaching a little bit, but I, I can't, I couldn't think of anything else of why they would switch to a black couch from an orange couch. The, the pit is dead. The pit is dead. Yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah, if, if Pooh is running the pit, then the pit is dead. And Pooh, and oh, then, I was gonna do that. See, you coming at Pooh? <laughs> Pooh should I not know. The pit is dead because they're done. Essentially, yeah, yeah, but also if Pooh is running the pit, then the pit is dead too. Pooh should, <laughs> should not be running the pit. <laughs> no, Pooh shouldn't be running the pit um, at all, at all. Um, I, I and and to be honest with you, I don't think Bodie should have a tower. I think Bodie should be running the pit. But again, uh, all their people's are in jail. Oh yeah, no, pickings are slim. There's no this this is like going to school with like that's what I say. Let's let's be clear. Let's, we, we cannot call this a promotion. No, this is not a promotion. Yeah. It's not a promotion. No, so not. they're they're out there out of necessity. Yes. But also it's a thing that the the, the office the wire will 
we'll really, really dive into, of course, very later on. But, um, you know, the game is inherent in the saying the game is the game is that this thing keeps going. doesn't matter who the players are. McNulty, Stringer, Marston, you know, you can jumble them up, put other names in there. The game will be the game. This thing will move on. And so, yep, all of them will go to jail. There's another crew that will just replace because they've grown up in these pride. They've grown up everything. Like, all the, like that's why D'Angelo's statement in that room with the cops and his, that, that was everything. That was everything. It's, it was as huge as everything because it describes not only what's going on now, but what they will come to as their central, this is the right word, their central thesis in season four, the greatest season of television ever, period, in the sentence. But anyways, we'll get there. I digress. So, um, so uh, essentially, like, the, and again, see, I, I, I laughed at, at Putin and everything like that or whatever. But essentially, yes, of course, it's a meaningful thing. Everything is why it's freaking meaningful. Um, so uh, essentially, it's, it's that it doesn't matter how many people you put in jails and how many convictions and everything that you're going to get because there will always be another to replace because the game needs that replacement. Um, because if we're not actually talking about the things that actually turns people into drug addicts, actually turns people into drug dealers, actually does this to communities, then what are we doing? And basically what we're doing is we're just wiping the slate clean every few years. So that then, and then as we know, this crew will eventually meet their own different types of fates. (laughs) So the game just replenishes itself. And that's how you get poop out in the pit. Um courtroom you see uh just for the alliteration purposes though poot in the pit is perfect yeah you know i i said alliteration purposes to them yeah i got i, I guess i got you i like, um, I like saying poot pit <laughs> keep going <laughs> um you had the closing uh before we get to the closing montage you have the courtroom in the courtroom we know uh, D'Angelo taking the 20 years, uh, Avon gets to seven, and you have McNulty. McNulty now has returned to the courtroom to see the end, of, to, to see the, uh, the sentencing. And uh, Bunk tells him about all the murders that Weebay's taken. Of course, they, they discuss the fact that the, uh, the uh, Gant one is bullshit, but Bunk was like, hey, he's just taking murders just because you know, he's going to do life in prison. Um, and McNulty expand like he breaks down like why uh, Weebay would want to do that because he simply just goes you know you're taking all the murders death row off the table anyway you might as well try to get bird, bird free yeah try yeah. try to free bird might as well try yeah why not um, so that's why Weebay does that and then you have um, Avon giving a head nod to McNulty um, as he as he as he walks off. Uh, and then McNulty says to Bunk, you know, what the fuck did I do? And Bunk retorts, you happy now, bitch? And uh, yeah, McNulty, this is what you were the catalyst to all of this. And, you know, you can ask the question, was it worth it? Uh, considering everything that transpired over the course of the season, um, was it worth it? Um, closing montage now 
before the wire came along, I don't remember shows doing montages like this. Now, I guess, you know, the Sopranos did a little the Sopranos did it a little bit, but it's not not to this level, not to this extent in terms of how long it was. So you see Bubbles and Johnny being Bubbles and Johnny. You see Santangelo, our buddy Sammy, uh, on the beat, demoted to a beat cop. Carver promoted, uh, press cleaning up the detail office. Uh, Kima uh, looking out the window as a cop car passes with a walker. Um, McNulty on a boat as, uh, as Bunk and Freeman give him some liquor. Stringer at the new location, now the, uh, you know, the head, you know, now the man in charge. Omar robs a drug dealer in New York and says the epigraph, which is a traditional Baltimore saying, all in the game. And that's how the episode wrapped up. What were you talking on that montage? Um, I think when I was watching the montage, I was just thinking about the entire season. I was reflecting on the entire season, how good the show is. So the montage is great, but uh, I don't have anything specific on the montage. So MVPs and the Chardine Award and also MVPs for the season and the Chardine Award for the season. Um, for the episode, I thought the MVP was Brianna Barksdale. Um, I had her as MVP because if she doesn't go down there and talk D'Angelo out, the Barksdale organization is done completely. Just it's over. So I thought I had her and I had her as the MVP. Uh, the Chardine Award for Best Performance, I had D'Angelo. Uh, he was just brilliant, brilliant in every scene that he was in in this episode. So we're doing we're we'll alternate the MVPs for the for the this episode and then you'll go back for the season right yes okay all right um all right so for the episode uh i'll give i'm giving d'angelo mvp and i'm giving uh kima chardine's award okay um, her the beginning her beginning was everything and then d'angelo's uh conversation with the police was everything and by everything, I mean, like, it summed up what this season was about and ultimately what the show is about. Both of those, both of those conversations did. And not only worked for the character, but it worked overall for exactly what, what this show is. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.